This is Women's Leadership Success Radio, episode number 69. So picture this. A humble cocktail waitress with only a high school diploma pulls herself out of poverty, then develops a foundation worth millions that helps people to move to a better life. So how does this relate to you? Listen today to see how you can use giving to increase your brand, passion, and influence. And be sure to listen at the end of the show for a special thanks to some of our Canadian listeners. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, and today we're talking with Carrie Morgridge. She's the vice president of Morgridge Family Foundation. For the past 15 years, she and her husband, John, have worked tirelessly to leverage their foundation's funds spark innovation, and fuel transformation. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and the work that you do? Sure. I came from humble beginnings. You should know that I had two very loving parents, but when I was nine years old, my parents found that they couldn't live with each other anymore, so they divorced. From that, you know, life took me to various school after school after school, and I ended up in the Bay Area. When I was working in the Bay Area, I was working two jobs, one as a receptionist in a real estate office and then a cocktail waitress late at night. That's where I met my husband. My husband's father ended up taking a company that most people know about called Cisco Systems Public, and from there... As Cisco's stock grew and the company grew, we had this great opportunity to give back. And that's where I got where I am today. Beautiful. And and in your book, Every Gift Matters, um, you're talking about your passion for how giving can change the world. And in in your book, you mentioned that in high school, you, you were almost flunking out. You were working jobs. You had moved out of your house. And... Tell us a little bit about that and how that influenced what you contribute money to. So I was the girl that didn't know where my next meal was coming from. So when I did have a chance to start giving back, um, the very first and obvious place for us to give was um, to food banks. And I understood that people at food banks were just like you and me. They may have had a hard time. They may have needed a hand up. But they still had ambitions and drives to be the best that we could be. And I was just in a, you know, bad situation for just a little while, but I needed that hand up. Beautiful. So you started giving to people, giving to organizations or nonprofits. And how did you decide what was a one worth giving to or what, which organizations weren't worth helping? How do you discriminate those kind of things? What I like to do is once I had a little bit of uh, time and giving under my belt is I would take my favorite grant of the year, and by favorite I meant that it did the most leverage, it did the most good for the most amount of people, and I would compare that to the other things that I was doing. And that clearly started to show me a path of where I wanted to give more money to for the next year, 
in a path where I may have wanted to stop giving or not give to that organization again because either the communication wasn't very good or they honestly just didn't do the work um, that we required them to do. I give a lot to teachers, and you would be surprised at how many teachers, even though they say they need something in their classroom, actually didn't go out and buy the technology we had given the money for. So the money just sat in an account for an entire year. So that helped me look for great giving opportunities, and it helped me to let people know that I have an impact of time, and you now have 30 days to spend my money or I want my money back. Beautiful. I, I really, I really like that, and I see that it's amazing. Here, they've got the money, and they're not using it. That's really amazing. You know, some of the people in my audience have a lot of money to give, and some people, you know, are working jobs where they don't have a lot of money. Can you talk a little bit about how giving impacts people and why it's important to give money, even if you don't have lots and lots? Well, every little gift does matter. Giving, also volunteering is the most honorable thing one can do. So if you don't have a lot of money, but let's say you have a little bit of time, that could greatly impact a person's life and an organization. And what comes to mind is literacy. So we stumbled across a scholastic book program that for $7, a child gets to build their own literacy library. And what I mean by that is that the child gets to choose the book of their choice. Now, this is a nationwide program that every child could be in. So we need people to give those $7. But then on the other side, we also need people who can read to those children. And Book Trust is just a great way to do both. So whether it's money or whether it's time, they're both equally important. I I just want to... Because I went to the site, that's Book Trust, which is incredible. The uh, children that would actually get books, and there was a statistic on there. The difference between a child that does really well in school and one that doesn't, what's the difference in how many books they own? Wasn't that amazing? So a low-income child or community, if you want to call it, one child in 300 has a book. One child. You're $7.00 would impact that community because now all of a sudden there'd be seven books and then the next month there'd be seven books and so on. So Book Trust is having a huge impact. And what I love about this that we discovered is that it became family literacy night. It wasn't just literacy for the child. It was literacy for the entire family. And if you continue your giving throughout the year and the child gets the books in second grade and third grade and fourth grade, all of a sudden, the entire family has a literacy library. Now, we're talking $56 a year, and I'm pretty sure that most of your donors probably have $7 a month. Another impact that I love about Book Trust, and a lot of organizations are understanding this, they have on the Scholastic Book Form a $1 donation. Last year, 150,000 people gave just $1. That impacted 2,200 children for an entire school year. That that is so so incredible the 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 ripple effect. And Book Trust was one when I got your book in the mail. There was a a gift card for Donors Choose for seven dollars. 
And I went into donorschoose.org and I donated the $7 to a classroom. It probably took me a half an hour to figure out which one I wanted to do. And it was such, it was such a rewarding experience to figure out where I was going to spend that $7 and to write a note to the class and tell them how much I wanted them to be successful in their lives. I felt so filled from that $7 gift that you allowed me to give. <laughs> and it was it was just so beautiful doing that. Go on. If you could see my face beaming right now, I am thrilled because that's how giving is supposed to feel. And so that is what my book is all about, is there's this feeling that you get when you're helping somebody else. And I think that's why Bill and Melinda Gates work so hard is because they always get this feeling. Imagine how good it feels to give those big numbers. But I wanted to share that you could have the same exact feeling of exactly what you described for $7 to donors choose. You're going to change a classroom somewhere in America. But what's even better is that you got to pick your passion. So I'm curious, what did you pick in the end? Um, I ended up picking, I'm trying to think, it was a teacher that wanted, she wanted ink for her printer, and she didn't have ink so that she could print booklets for her high school students to do their work in. And I actually was kind of blown away. It's like, she wants three printer cartridges, but in this poor school she was in, that was a huge deal. So for me, that was I picked what looked like the greatest need, even though it was a very small thing. Well, it's not just a small thing. So one of the things, I mean, you're literally changing, you're impacting 30 students on a day-to-day basis. The other thing is, did you happen to see the Stephen Colbert, Mortgage Family Foundation Donors Choose media a couple of days ago? I did, but can you tell our audience about that? Stephen Colbert sold all of his um, studio sets. And he donated 100% of the proceeds to Donors Choose. We came in as a match, and it was so thrilling. Um, Last week, we funded every single teacher in the state of South Carolina. So if you had a Donors Choose project, we funded it. And talk about the best feeling. We impacted a 1,000 teachers. So that has to be at least 30,000 students. Um, from technology to sports equipment to just like you said, sometimes just the simplest things that we don't think about. And what I love about Donors Choose, it allows a teacher to tell us, the regular donor, what they need. And this is a way for us to get in the classroom without having to know somebody. It's also you should know that this jumps over all the bureaucracy. So Donors Choose gets the wish list from the teacher, they validate the teacher, that item gets immediately shipped to the teacher once it's funded. So there's no shenanigans in the middle, and there's immediate impact. And if you give over $50, the teachers and the students will write you a thank you card. Beautiful. So moving this to people working in companies, what do you see, how does this impact a company if they set up some type of a program to to help an organization or to help a school or to donate money to, say, Donors Choose or uh, one of the other organizations. What do you think it does in a company when people get involved like this? 
You know, there was actually a Harvard study done, and it's on the TED Talks, and I believe the gentleman's name is Michael Norton. Uh-huh. And on the TED Talk, what he talked about is he gave two groups of people $500. The first group was just quickly instructed to spend $500 on themselves, so they took themselves out to lunch. And the bottom line was that nothing happened. They went on their day-to-day routine, nothing happened. But the second group was instructed to spend the $500 on their team. They were instructed to give back to their team, and they ended up having a team party because they were giving the money away. They production level went up, I think, like 38%, and it lasted almost a full year. So we know that giving from the heart transforms not only the corporate atmosphere but the individual and the more you give the more you receive that's really true and i'm just wondering i i notice people that don't have that experience of giving and they're not teaching their children to do that how can we help foster this in companies and with our children what what do you think would help I really think there's a couple of things that we're actually doing, and anybody can take what we're doing and just copy it and or start their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a student support foundation. It's a youth philanthropy club, and we teach kids how to give away money. And the beauty is we're 100% hands-off. So for your listeners out there who do have money, you know, they can start a club, and the club's instructions is just to give in your own school community And the kids have to figure out the need, the kids have to figure out grants, and the kids have to figure out how to give away money. Do you have a website where people could go and get information about the guidelines of how to help the kids with that? Yes, and it's online for free, studentsupportfoundation.com. Studentsupportfoundation.com. Beautiful. After you gave me the the $7 gift card, I thought every time I give a child a present from now on, I'm going to put one of those cards in it. So great. That is so great. Yeah, just because they get the opportunity to go in and look and see all the need and make some type of contribution. So you, what other questions should I be asking you right now? Um, I had some tips that I thought would be really helpful for your women's listeners about how to how to become more successful. Okay. And not only but probably in their corporate jobs and in their corporate philanthropy. Great. The very first tip that I really want to share is when you're doing something right, when the cause is right. So we put, when we do grants to education, we always focus on the student first. And when you're doing something right for the student, you're doing the right thing. Stay laser-focused and continue to fight for what's right. Um, philanthropy, your eyes are going to be opened to things that aren't right, and it's up to us women to stand up for what is right. We are vocal, we are loud, and we need to be heard. Can you um, give an example of that, Carrie? Let me think for one second. School lunches. School lunches right now are not particularly fantastic. And we had a student, this is a this is a national, um, happened nationally, where she started um, blogging every day about the horrificness of her food. 
And again, she was doing what was right. Well, as her blogs got more and more famous, she was called into the principal's office. She was actually suspended from her school for doing what was right. And what was right is that they had unhealthy, gross, disgusting food that they were serving them every day. So she started having, believe it or not, this is a young girl, had almost a million followers on her blog, and people were looking forward to seeing what she was eating every day. Um, (laughs) The media got involved, Uh and the parents got involved, and she won. And they now have super healthy food in their schools because she was doing what was right. And nobody could argue with her, but she was standing up for the students in her school, and she was doing what's right. She had a voice, and she used her social media voice to do what was right for the other students in the school. So always think about when you're doing something right for the right reasons, good things will happen. Beautiful. What else? If you are passionate about doing something for others or something, we do a lot of horse therapy and we do a lot of animal rescue therapy. Mm -hmm. And that organization isn't doing it right or you see a big gap, think outside the box of how it could be better, and either present your ideas or create something new. So I love new. I love supporting new organizations because I think women have a lot of creative juices. They see, you know, we are empathetic. We understand what's going on more than just um, the issue at hand. We Women like to look at the whole picture, Mm -hmm. and we can see gaps along the way. That helps us to develop what I call out-of-the-box thinking, and we'll create it. So when I started Student Support Foundation, it was on a morning run. And I said, you know what? I want to teach kids how to give back. And I worked with a school for an entire year before we kind of finally went, oh, of course, a philanthropy club. That's how we're going to do it. And now it's 11 years later. And our club, each of the clubs have given away almost $44,000 compacted. They get $4,000 a year. So think way outside the box. Do something different. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised with the rewards that you get from thinking differently. And how will this help their career in a company? How can this help their the regular day job? Oh, I see this. When you have success, people start bragging about you. You get mentioned. You get noticed. So imagine doing something out of the box, and you're sitting at the water cooler, and people are introducing you to your boss and being like and saying, hey, have you seen what Carrie has done with her kids down the street? Did you see what Carrie did with that animal shelter? Did you know on Tuesday nights that, you know, Carrie um, loves to give at the food bank? Those are the kind of things that get you noticed that help your corporate ladder go up. And they're really important because that's important to your boss. It's not just who you are as an employee. It's who you are as a person. Beautiful. And one of the things that we're big on on this show is getting more women on boards. As you know, there's a a discrepancy between men being on boards and women being on boards. And I noticed you were on a lot of different boards. Do you have some suggestions for women on how to get on corporate boards, and do nonprofit boards help you do that? Any thoughts on that? Yes. Seek out, for your corporate board, seek out which board you want to be on and Mm -hmm. write them a letter. Get involved. Meet the people. 
that's really about knowing your niche, but also identify what you bring to the table. You have to identify that first because you have to fill their gap. That's what they're looking for is how are you going to make this better? You know, are you in finance? Are you a lawyer? Um, are you in marketing? Are you the best marketing person? We're always trying to find that board. How you can network is you get on a big nonprofit board that's highly acclaimed. You will meet the right people that will eventually say, oh, my goodness, you need to come over and be on our corporate board. We need you over here as well. This is good advice. So don't give up with your voice. I, I want you to be more aggressive and more assertive at the board meetings. I have a lot of women friends that kind of just sit there, and I can tell you on the boards I sit on, I, you know, you have to hold back out of respect. But when the time is right, make that point, get your point across, and it's been it's been a wonderful experience for me. And it and it will build their confidence just being on a nonprofit board. Yes, and you'll learn the ins and outs of that nonprofit like you can't believe. It's it's really been a wonderful experience. Beautiful. So we're just about out of time. Is there any anything else that you want us to know before I ask the last question? I do. There is really one important thing that women should know, and it just had to tie in with what we were talking about, is making sure you have a seat at the table. You need to sit at the table on the nonprofit boards, you need to sit at the table at the corporate board. Women can organize each other together. So I was just at the City Year event and in Denver, Colorado, it's now the most successful City Year event because it's all about women and it's about women's leadership. And they've done a brilliant job of bringing more women. And, you know, one friend brings two friends and two friends bring four friends. So in just two short years, they went from a little breakfast of just 150 women to this year they had 1,000 women to next year they're already planning for 1,500. Wow. So women collectively, we can get the job done. We can make change together, but you have to be heard and you have to stand up for what is right. Beautiful. That is so beautiful. So my last question is, so how does the act of giving tie us all together? The act of giving is, can show our empathetic side. It can show our compassionate side. And it can show our loving side. You know, it's so often I love when I'm working in a soup kitchen. I love when I go to a new place and the, do the volunteers have been doing it for 30 years. And they're the most loving, kind, wonderful humans I've ever met. So I think giving ties us together because we share that bond of loving one another to give selflessly of ourselves. That's the biggest gift we can give. I just wanted to share with your audience that 100% of the proceeds go to charity. So um, enjoy the book. Oh, thank you. Okay. That's, that's wonderful that you're doing that. This is, um, my heart is warm just from hearing everything you've said, and I'm sure the women in my audience have enjoyed this too. Thank you so much, Carrie. We really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for having me. This has just been such an honor. I want to give a big thanks to Jacqueline Patterson and her Leadership Development Group from Canada for listening and taking the time to give us a wonderful five-star review on iTunes. Can you do me a favor? I would really appreciate you giving me a review, too. Every great review we get allows more women to discover the show and helps them succeed. 
Please visit iTunes and subscribe to Women's Leadership Success Podcast. Also, I really appreciate you sharing our show with your friends and associates. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.